All right. Good Lord. I hope this works. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Can you can you hear me? Just just so everyone at home knows, there's going to be moments of extremely loud noise. So you're just going to have to deal with it. It sounds it sounds good actually right now. It actually sounds quiet. Like just, there, just a I think ago. I, I think pres- presently they're trying to be as quiet as possible for me. Oh, okay. so you've got an audience. That's kind of cool. They're downstairs, and I think they can hear me talking. So they're trying to be as quiet as possible. Yeah. So so we were just talking about you having to do like what you're doing right now, toggling on and off the mute. I don't think you need to. I think it's fine. You think so? Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, if, if, if I start to hear the drilling, I'll make sure I, I hit say, the mute button. Yeah. When, yeah, it, when the drilling begins again, I'll hit the mute button. When we first signed on, it literally sounded like your wall behind you was about ready to be ripped. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. downstairs. Yeah, that's yeah. downstairs. And they still have to get up here to the third floor. So, yeah. I can't. I can't believe how much anxiety this this causes. Like every because because of just just because of all the shit that you and I have been through in our house. Now yeah. ours is our, our ours. I shouldn't even lump me in with you because I I do feel bad what you and Julie have gone through. With Kathy and I, we're just moving. You guys have had to go through all that the the drama. Oh, we're out, oh by the way, starting Monday, we're out for two weeks. Oh my gosh. Well, we probably won't have a show next week, right? Because of Thanksgiving. Thanks. Isn't it crazy that it's Thanksgiving, by the way? Yeah. We started talking about that downstairs a little while ago. I was like, wait a minute, what? Thanksgiving's next week? Yeah. <laughs> but but it's it's been funny because every week over the last, God, two months or so that we've done the show, it just seems like every time we hop on to record, something pops up, whether it's on my end or your end. Yeah. We can prepare as much as we want to, but at one o'clock on a Wednesday or whenever we decide to record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is funny. I mean, it's yeah, we're th- we're thankful in a way because it yeah. it wouldn't have happened like this. We just found out, like I said last second yesterday, like hey, we have a crew available. You know, we had a, we had something happen, so they're available. You know, can we come on in? You know, obviously we've been living in such disarray. It's like yes, come in. But then we yeah. then I was like, oh man, we got to record tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> so here we are. And and the and, and also the anxiety that this causes behind the scenes with me because the, apparently StreamYard, which is the platform we use, threw out an update. So I was just trying to hit the record button, and now that's different. Yeah. So you know. and, and I, I was on I was on around the ACL this week with uh, Trey and and Anthony and Mish, and of yeah. course and of course as soon as I sign on, I get the warning that there's a low signal indicator. Which How, what, is, what, which what did y'all talk about? Like a panic attack. What what did y'all talk about? <laughs> It's a fun um, show to go on, by the way. I think they do such a good job. I mean, they really. I mean, I know we talked about them last week, but uh, they do. I, I absolutely love that show. It, it's really. I mean, it's. I, I compared it to Pardon the Interruption, but it's really more like um, Around the Horn on ESPN. Yeah, on for ESPN. sure. So, but no, they do a great job. Uh, it was fun. It was so. So I had my uh, I had my Clemson dad T-shirt on <laughs> for Trey. Yeah. Did I tell you about that? What when I went to the Clemson game? I knew you went. I didn't so, know. So like, sorry. Yeah. All right, quick, quick story for those of you who watched around the ACL. You're going to hear the story for the second time. <laughs> um, so, so it was in West Virginia at the at the pro shootout, and Trey and I went out. You were supposed to join us, by the way, and you ditched on us. But we went out for dinner after the pro shootout, and um, not sorry, not West Virginia, Everett, Washington. Oh, okay, okay. And okay. Uh, so we went out for dinner, and the the very unfortunate topic of age came up. Which is a topic that you and I should never be a part of. No, but but no, turns out that works. that if things had broke for me, um, 
there it is. Yeah, that, that was good. So if if things had broke for me differently in my life, yes, I could have a, a child technically Trey's age. So after a couple of, of beers, he starts calling me dad. Well, to make a long story short, that has now had legs to where Shelby started calling me dad. She added me as dad on her phone. She texts me as dad. She asks, how are my brother and sister? Of course, my kids. Um, I mean, this, and, and this has spread to other players. It's spread to other staff members. So I could tell as I was as I was driving to the Clemson-Syracuse football game two weeks ago, I could tell Trey, there was something that he had up his sleeve. He was just giddy. I mean, literally giggling on the phone. Like, I've got something for you when you get here. His, his voice would get higher. He's giggling. And sure enough, I show up. He throws me a bright orange shirt, and it says Clemson Dad. <laughs> on it so uh, yeah so. That, it's not so much the age with things you know i i find that technology kind of leaves me out as i've gotten older every single yeah. step seems like every five years i'm being left further and further behind and by the way the drill's coming right through the floor i was gonna say so much for that lunch break yeah. <laughs> it's so so i had so I had my clemson dad shirt on so of course we had fun talking about that and telling the story. And then, and then, um, I think it was two weeks. I don't think, again, I think it might've been the episode that Wally was on, um, Anthony, uh, it, it, cause they kind of go around the horn and talk about, you know, how was your weekend? What'd you do this weekend? How was your weekend? And, uh, so they get to Anthony, right? How was your weekend? Well, Anthony's a big time hunter and he had gone to Missouri and was in a tree stand the whole weekend. You know, waiting to waiting to to get a shot on on deer or whatever they were hunting. By, by the way, would you have guessed that that yeah, Anthony was a I big hunter? Really? I would, yeah. Well, I, I don't know if I would have guessed it. He but seems it he seems me. more urban to me that like you know hunting and fishing really wouldn't be his thing. But interesting. yeah, yeah. So, um, but but the funny thing was he actually had his phone. He had a signal where he was, and so he was watching cornhole. I think it was during the the open, maybe in Moline or something like that. So he's in Missouri. Um, and a tree stand watching cornhole and also trying to hunt at the same time. So anyway, so in honor of Mish, I had my over-under shotgun sitting right next to me in the background because Mish hates hunting. She d- hates hunting birds, deer, whatever. She doesn't like pictures of, of animals you know, being shown as kills on, on social media. So I had that sitting right here just for her. And so, I, so I'm not even sure what we talked about because we spent so much time talking about that. And my shirt that I don't, I don't even know what we talked about, but yeah, that's, it's pretty tough because I mean, you know, they, they've done, they did research once upon a time that, uh, you know, I think in, in Georgia years and years ago, they had certain laws with hunting and the deer overpopulated illness went through. Yeah. And so you started losing certain populations of the animals that are hunted in, in, in different ways because they've adjusted themselves to being hunted. You know what I mean? So they're like, but, they, but still, I mean, these are animals that feel pain. Right. So you're just shooting, you know, a sentient being that feels pain. That's it's kind of rough. I don't know. The um in Iowa, and I think I've got this right, but talking to my parents, uh now this goes back a few years. I think they actually had a calling. And I think it still goes on every once in a while, just because of population they become overpopulated. So I mean, you know, so they they extend the the season. And that's what's happened here in the Charleston area because it's expanded so rapidly that you know these new suburbs and new neighborhoods that have been developed. I mean, we've totally stripped them of their homes, so you get deer running yeah. all over these neighborhoods. All over and the then world. people are mad, like, "Why are they in my garden?" Well, you, know, know, yeah. you, you took the land where they live, so they're, yeah. they're gonna, and you're giving them free food. That, yeah. <laughs> they're going to show up. 
but no, so that was fun. Uh, so we, I mean, we had fun just kind of joking around about, about that. We talked about, uh, oh, you know what? Trey, Trey asked me kind of a deep question. Um, he said, all right, you are about ready to start um, year number three with, with the league. Really kind of, really kind of almost my, my third season, I guess. We kind of had that COVID summer, but really third full season, so third year. And so he said uh, to me, he said, what keeps you coming back? So we got into kind of a deep uh, conversation about that, which was which was fun. So. Yeah. So what was your answer? Well, but I, I don't want to I don't want to repeat it because everyone who's watched around the ACL is going to have to hear it again. But I love it. I mean, to I, make, it, to make, it, we got a different crowd. Man. We got a whole different. Crowd. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. To make a long story short, I love it. I mean, I I, I compared it to baseball, um, and you and I have probably talked about this, but back when I brought, I mean, I broadcast uh, baseball for ten years. And literally, I'm not making this up every day. I mean, everyone has their bad days, but but 99% of the time, when I drove up into the parking lot at the baseball stadium, especially by the time I got to AAA with the Norfolk Tides, AAA for the New York Mets, I mean, that was that was great. I loved it. And it's a huge stadium. It holds like 15,000 people. Every time that I would pull up to that stadium, I would feel so thankful that I get to broadcast a baseball game and make money. I get to go watch, watch batting practice, talk to the players, talk to the talk to the coaches, play catch down on the field if I want to, go back in the clubhouse. I mean, I absolutely loved it. And that's 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 how I feel about Cornhole. I mean, every time I get on a plane to go travel to one of our events, I'm excited. I really am. I'm truly excited to go. I'm excited to see what happens. It's so unpredictable. Um, then the other thing I said is that I love the access to our players. You know, there's been so much talk by you and me and and by the other show about the sticky game versus the slide game. So this weekend, you know what I did? I spent... 20 minutes talking to Matt Guy. And as soon as I got done talking to Matt Guy, you know who I called next? Noah Wooten. And I spent 20 minutes talking to Noah. And two very different stories um, and two totally different philosophies, but 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 the same exact objective. And um, it, it was just great to be able to have those conversations. And there's no other sport where you have access to the players. I can't call Grayson McCall, the quarterback for Coastal Carolina today, right, and right. talk to him for 20 minutes. <laughs> You know, right. I can't, I can't call Cliff Ellis the head coach. Well, I probably could actually, but Cliff but Ellis is still coaching there. Yeah. He's a basketball how, coach. How coach. old is Cliff Ellis now? He's 71, 72. Wow. I thought he was older. Maybe 73. Cause he was yeah, coaching really Clemson 70s. when I was a kid. That's he crazy. is, he is uh four, three or four wins away now from 900 for his career. Huh? Yeah. Not, he's, I mean, he's, he's been around a while. I mean, he, yeah, like he's I said, up there he, on was, the list. he was coaching at Clemson. I know when I was in high school and in college. So that's crazy. <laughs> you hate that, don't you? I can tell it's just it's just annoying you to no end. It's uh, it's awesome. I mean, it, uh, what? There it is. Seriously, what happened to that freaking lunch break? I thought you said they're going to take a lunch break. And I thought you said they were they were like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently not. Yeah. So, and, and just like many people, we now know they're not listening. <laughs> not, not, not at all. There's, a, there, there's also a language barrier. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's, it's all different. They don't care at all about what you're doing. So, well, Hey, I'm super excited. Uh, we're going to be checking in with our guests here in just a couple of minutes, but super excited about this week's guest. Uh, did you have anything for me, Jeff and Bernie? I mean, I guess we kind of just, I mean, you know, with the, uh, <laughs> with the disaster of this place, I think that kind of fits in the meet and Jeff Bernie. Like, and I think that kind of stick, I think we all kind of forget sometimes that everyone's got stuff going on in their own lives. Right. Yeah. Like I think sometimes when we see the players, 
and you know you're not getting their best game. What, you know, people have all this going on all the time, and I, I don't think we do a very good job of giving each other, cutting each other some slack all the time. Yep, it always amazes me. Um, and now that I've gotten to the age that I am, because I see, I've seen people with a lot of money, right? And I've seen people with nothing. And and believe it or not, Bernie, I would say in my life, um, the people who have everything that they want seem to be the people who have the most unhappiness in their life. Um, I, it's, you know, it's, really, it, it's really it's really been amazing to watch. I mean, I think know, to I, get. Yeah, I think to get that level of, I think you're talking about monetary influence and yeah. and success. A lot of other things in your life have to be put on the back burner, and those other things in life are the things that tend to give people happiness, right? I mean, you know, your relationships. If you're a parent, your relationships with your children. You know, it's just those things have to be put on the back burner if you want to take the time it takes to be a true success and a, a you know. To make a lot of money, you have to spend time making a lot of money. Yeah, and so it's a choice. And I, and I think you're right. I think you see a lot of people that, because of all the things they've had to give up, and you know they're not. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I I, th- I think you miss out on a lot when you when you make those choices. Yeah, I think so too. It's uh, here's one for you. So it was interesting because I've got another birthday coming up. Unfortunately, it seems like I just had the last one, but whatever. Um, and my sister texted Kathy and said, um, Hey, what does Jeff want for his birthday? So, um, Kathy asked me and, uh, I thought to myself and I'm like, you know, I, I have everything I need. I really do. What I want is time. I want time to play golf. I want time to play cornhole. I really do. I really want to try and get better at this damn sport, but I want time. I want time to sit down and watch, you know, a Netflix series. I want time to read a book. I want time to go to a movie. Um, it's funny as you get older, the perspective, right? It's not a list of, it's not a list of toys anymore or, or, you know, electronics or anything. I just want time. I mean, that, that's what I want. You know, I mean, can't you make it or is it, you've got too many burners going that it's hard to make it. Yeah. Too many things right now. Too many things right now, but yes, uh, you're right. Maybe, maybe that's on us as people just to try and make the time because we set our schedules, right? We're the ones who make ourselves busy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a, cho- it's, you know, it's a choice both ways, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like for me, I've never really had a lot of those toys. I've never really had a lot of that, you know, except when I was younger and as a child, but none of that was mine. You know, it was yeah. stuff that I had as a child. That doesn't count. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I guess I've made some choices that have gone the other direction to always kind of be somewhere and to be mm-hmm. present, but you know, that, you know, that's, so you, you, so you would have missing, been a great dad. You would have been a great uh, dad. Yeah. I would have been Mr. Mom probably. I could see that. You would have totally just, just dived in. I mean, you would have been. I, a other other than I hate cleaning <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and all of that stuff that would have trust been me. If cleaning was a prerequisite to be a, a, a good dad, there'd be uh there'd be millions of bad dads out there. <laughs> Fortunately, that's not a prerequisite. So, all right, we ready? Let's do it. All right. He is in the green room ready for us. Our guest today is a proud graduate of Quinnipiac University's School of Communications. He is the CEO and founder of Energized Media and has been instrumental in developing and executing award-winning marketing and PR campaigns for 
just a wide variety of different clients, um, including Under Armour, Microsoft, Dick's Sporting Goods, Hugo Boss, Yahoo Sports, Timex, and, and many others. And also actually spent time working directly for tennis icon Venus Williams, helping her to support her businesses uh, and interest outside of tennis. He's just an absolute grinder. He is a terrific person. Um, and, and many people don't realize that perhaps his best campaign was convincing his wife to say yes when he proposed to her live on NBC's Today Show, which we will talk about. Wow. Um, on top of all this, he's currently the director of PR for the American Cornhole League and a three-time finalist for a Platinum PR Award for his work with the ACL. Please welcome to Borderline for the first time, Marlon Lewinter. What's up, Marlon? Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. What's happening? What's up, Bernie? Bernie, I think for the record, you'd be a great dad. And I think that you should take up cleaning. <laughs> well, it's a little, a little bit too late for the first one. And uh, yeah, I should probably get better at the second one. <laughs> hey, I have, I have three kids under five, as you are aware of. And... Um, my nights are spent scraping raspberries off the floor that are dried up and um, cleaning my kids' lunches and making the lunches, but I love it. I would not trade in the dad job for anything in this world. Jeff, I love the photos that you post on your college tour with your daughter. Beautiful stuff. I Did you pick a school yet? No. I think it's going to be Clemson or Coastal Carolina. I, you know what? I, I think she wants to stay close to mom and dad. I, th I think she's going to stay. It, it wouldn't surprise me if she does Coastal, but... But uh, she's got a lot of friends who are going to Clemson, and she loves the big football and big basketball. Oh, yeah. Go, go, go to a big school. I, yeah. I, if I had it all to do over again, I would go to a bigger school. I, I did the small school route, and it's cool and all, but you kind of miss out on some of the big school things. Very true. I, I went to a very small school. I had no football team. So, um, yeah, I, I wish I had that. My wife's a Gator, so um, – I, 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 I wish I had something like that, right? Where you can look forward to every, like, I don't have that like actual tie into the Gators, right? So on Saturdays it's on, I'm just, yeah, you know. Yeah. I, I at least, at least you do, I mean, at least, at least you got a little bit of a rooting interest though. That's true. That's true. But I don't have that yeah. connection like, oh my God, remember we used to tailgate before the games or, you know? Yeah. Other than that. Well, you know, you know, it, it's, it's been so much fun to be on this journey with her, but the difficult part Marlon and, and Bernie and I've talked about this is taking yourself out of it because, because, you know, even though she's my daughter and she's a lot like me, um, you know, every, everyone's different. So I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with both of you. I mean, that's why I went to Kansas. I mean, I grew up in Iowa and I could have easily gone to a small school in Iowa, but I wanted to get away and go to a big, I mean, not that Kansas is Ohio state, but Kansas is a, a, a big brand. And so that that's that's where I wanted to go. But but just because, you know, happiness for you, as you'll find out, Marlon, happiness for you is not necessarily the same happiness for your kids. So it's really hard for me not to say, you sure you don't want to go to Clemson? You sure you don't want to go to Alabama? You know, what I mean, are you so it's it's tough to take yourself out of it. Sure. And things have changed so much, right? There's so many different like entrepreneurship was not like a major back in the day, right? Like yes. you're you you just Things are so much more specialized now, and you have a chance to really create a name for yourself when you pick that pick that school and help build that that you know growth for the next couple of years. Yeah, and, and like my son, my son is is that. I mean, he's an entrepreneur. I mean, he had zero. I mean, zero interest in college. 
So there was no college tour whatsoever. He is working. He is creative. He's trying to find the next big thing. I mean, he, one, you know, he's going to be one of those guys. He's going to find it one of these days. He's, he's just finding his way right now. But one of these days, he's going to find something that, that, that fits a need. And it's going to take off. And you're so right, Marlon, because, you know, going go to co- back, back when we were younger, that was kind of the path, right? You you graduated from high school. You went to college. You had kids. You got that job. And that was like your one path to be successful. And college now, was, yeah, college was it, absolutely, you had to do it. You didn't yes. even have the choice, even if you didn't want to go like me. I had no interest in continuing the school, but it was something you had to do. Yeah. There, there was no getting around it. Yeah. You know, but, right. The, the old saying, right? You go, you get the, the gold watch, you stay at your same job forever, and then and that's it. Then you retire, they throw you a little party, and you leave. Like the world has just changed so much now, right? But yeah. look, you find what you love and you follow those dreams, and you can make anything happen. I think that's, you know, whatever it is in life, it's about passion, right? You find that passion and that drive and that, that energy to say, like, hey, I want to create something. I mean, look at look at the American Cornhole League, right? I mean, like, Stacey sees this, 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 this idea because all these, people are gravitating towards these backyard games, right? And, and cornhole is the game that people want to play the most of. And it's like, well, how do I take this to the next level? And how do I grow that? Like you just, you see things and you can create anything. I, I love that. Well, that, that is a great segue, Marlon. And, and, um, and, and that's what we want to dive in with you about is because you found that passion in marketing and PR and you've worked for some big time companies. You've had a ton of success and again, for those who don't know, so Marlon is now working, amongst many other thing, things, as the director of PR for the American Cornhole League. So you basically and Stacy working behind the scenes to book all of these big time celebrities to come play at the Super Bowl event. So I guess I guess my first question to you is, how did that partnership begin with you and with the ACL? And and I mean, because people ask me that question all the time. They're like, how the hell did you get into broadcasting cornhole? So how did you hook up with Stacy? How did this whole super whole thing start? How did you find all these celebrities who were interested in the game? Sure. Yeah. It's um first of all, it's been an amazing ride. I, I mean, I'm beyond proud. You know, one you, you didn't mention Trey over there. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of other people that that play big roles in this organization, right? To get us to where we are. But um, yeah, I specifically didn't mention Trey. We don't like to talk about him on the show. He gets Clemson. enough attention. Talk about Clemson, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's see. Um, I, you know, I worked with Under Armour for a really long time. Um, when I, I decided to make the move to Florida after my wife and I got engaged um, and be close to family, I knew I wanted to have kids. Couldn't do that in Manhattan. Um, I mean, not saying you can't have kids in Manhattan, but like in a small apartment, and it's just the lifestyle is extremely different. Um, and then I, I was working down here with Venus Williams. I loved, I loved what I was doing for her, but working for an athlete alone is a very challenging job, right? There's just so many different angles to take there. And I was like, I, I always had this passion of going off on my own because I saw what other people were doing. And I'm like, I, w- I know I can do this and be successful at it. So I went off on my own and then um, my old agency, someone had reached out to them, which was Stacy, saying, "Hey, I want some. Would you guys want to handle the PR for us?" And they said, um, "You know, we don't know if we could take on this project. It might be a little smaller for us, but why don't you talk to to me?" Um, and Stacy and I had a phone call. We hit it off. I came out to Green Bay. Um, I was blown away. There was doors opened at ten in the morning. By eight a.m., there were two hundred people lined up. And I was like, wow, these cornhole guys are really serious. Though. 
about their crap. <laughs> and I just fell in love with, with cornhole. And I love, I love the stories behind the pros. Like I said, my first thing I said to Stacy was, you know, he said, how do I build this league? Like you need to humanize your pros. You have 256 ACL pros and they all have these great human interest stories. Right. And like, you know, Cheyenne, um, you know, being an entrepreneur and running her own cleaning service, right. Or Damon Dennis working in the baby bell cheese factory for 30 years, making the red wax that goes around the cheese. Like those are really cool stories that we just have to highlight and, and, and talk about them and showcase what these pros do and that they're honing their craft every single day. Just like LeBron is shooting free throws or Steph Curry is shooting threes. Like our pros every day are out there, you know, improving their, their, their game. And it's like, we got to tell these stories to the right people and the right audience. And it sort of took off like, like wildfire, really. I say all the time, I can't dunk like LeBron, but I could pick up a cornhole bag and have a chance. And it's so relatable to so many different people. And that's why I think cornhole has just evolved to where it is now. All right. I, I got a, got a two, two parter, please excuse the noise. It's getting a little rough in here now, but uh, what would you say are like, you know, and to your point, and Jeff talks about this all the time, that if there's a way for our professionals to get kind of better at their jobs and promoting themselves, you being the PR guy, what would you say that our pros do well in that regard? And what is the biggest thing you would like to see them to do to improve how they promote themselves? First off, it's it's social media, right? This Social media is free. It's an opportunity to highlight everything that you're doing, whether, you know, it, whether it's, and now TikTok has taken off in the past couple of years to what it is now, right? I mean, Facebook came out after I graduated college. So you look at, all these different tools that you have now from Facebook to Twitter to Instagram um, and to TikTok and to say like on YouTube and say like, wow, here's a platform that I could build up my own channels. Maybe I'm a great trick shot artist. Maybe I have a great airmail. Maybe I could just educate people on how to play cornhole. And even if your following is small at first, it doesn't make a difference because you are providing a service and a niche that people are looking at and saying, hey, I want to get better at cornhole, so I'm going to come to watch X, Y, and Z Pro play and check out these YouTube videos. I mean, Mark Richards talks about it all the time that he turned to YouTube and was like, wow, cornhole is a professional sport, and, and I want to learn, and I'm going to watch these guys grow. So I think our pros, and some of them do it really well, and others are getting better at it. It's just a matter of taking advantage of these great tools in front of you and highlighting that because that's putting that out there and it allows other people to see what's going on. Now, that being said, you only want to put positive things out on online, right? Because you want to showcase yourself in the best light possible, but it's a great platform to be able to have that tag the American Cornhole League and everything that you're doing, tag your sponsors, continue to showcase yourself because the more eyeballs that get on that, it's great for the entire league and for the sport. I love what you said about finding a niche. And if you if you can if you can speak with your experience on that, because that seems to be so critical to me, Marlon. It's like so many of us probably try to appeal to so many different people on so many different levels, but it seems like the social media handles and people out there who are most successful just find that little lane. They just find a little niche. And maybe that's why, like you're talking about, why some of these players are being wildly followed right now on social media because it's such a specific niche i mean is is it really that critical when it comes to to your brand i mean social media in general is super important right like even yeah. 
even sponsors that we talk to, right? You want to showcase like, hey, look at our, our social numbers. Look at the amount of people that are coming. Look at the amount of views that we're getting on things. Because unfortunately, we live in a world that's judged by now, right? Views or amount of retweets or whatever it may be. But, you know, you're, you're building up. It's your brand. and You want to showcase your brand the best way that you can. Be proud of who you are. Don't be somebody else. Don't try to talk about, you know, don't try to be an expert in finance when you don't know about finance. You want people to come to you because they know what they're going to get every single time they visit your page. And maybe you devote, hey, every Monday I'm going to do a, a, a little education on, you know, the, the proper way to grip a bag, right? Whatever it may be. But people know that when they come to your page every Monday, that's what they're going to see. It's not going to be any random surprises where they're going to be like, Who's this guy? Who's this girl? Like, what are they trying to do? You want to take advantage of what's in front of you and, and build up that, that opportunity. You know, part of my job um, is, is to get the, the publicity on our, on, our, on our sport and on our pros. And, you know, when, when I talk to different media outlets, I want to highlight different personalities and be able to showcase some great content that they're producing. So I can go to, you know, we, we were just on live with Kelly and Ryan a couple of weeks ago, right? And it's to be able to go to those guys and say like, here are some great videos. So now you have a chance to see Daniela and Mark, but it's not just me telling you how great they are at Cornhole or how talented they are. See it for yourself. And then, oh, by the way, did you know what kind of views that we get on the American Cornhole League? Did you know that we had nine pros make over $50,000 in earnings last year? And then suddenly, story and people are wow this is really interesting tell me more this is a professional sport this is growing rapidly how do i get involved oh i play in my backyard probably playing 12 feet apart right you're not playing 27 feet apart in your backyard <laughs> but then you truly see how talented our pros really are it is awesome to watch like i love seeing videos that, that trey birchfield posts or noah wooten right like it's exciting to watch these guys every single day hone their crafts and just get better and better and better. And it, it makes this fierce competition. It creates great social content and it creates great popularity for the, for the league. I, you know, it, it's funny you bring that up, but I think one thing that's very dangerous because on the one side of the coin, you have to have, have to have that, that immense social media presence. But if you don't use it properly, it can be completely destructive to your brand or to you as a player because like you said, I mean, these brands will look to you and they will look to find out what you're doing in social media circles. And if you're just being an idiot, you know, you, you can really tear yourself down. And I think sometimes the players look at us when we tell them that and say, oh, you're just trying to censor what we're saying or you're just being, you know, big business, blah, blah, blah. You're not letting us be who we are. And it's like, no, you're actually hurting yourself when you go on there and, you know, say certain things or talk about certain subjects that just, you know, no one besides a 14 year old would talk about. Right. And so I think it's very hard for us to get that across to them at times that you really have to, you know, kind of see yourself as a business person when you're using social media, not see yourself as an 18 year old. Yeah, it, it's very I mean, it's, it's very important. And we're just doing it for them. We're doing it for their benefit to help them grow and get better. You know, the ultimate goal. I mean, how amazing would it be if we talk about these, that they have great day jobs, but how great would it be if they could focus on cornhole full time all the time, right? And and in order to do that, social media is incredibly important um, and continuing to showcase 
how you're growing individually, but also highlighting some of these amazing talents that you have. I mean, the first time that we go, I mean, I remember the first broadcast that we did, it was the Today Show, um, and to watch the reaction of the producers or the talent, their eyes open up like, oh my God, can they hit that shot? Like, are they going to hit another one? Wow. Oh my God, you hit another one. Like, it's, it's, it's amazing. It really is. Like, we have such a sport that, look, Mike Trout is hitting 100 mile per hour fastballs for home runs, right? But you can't minimize the power of how great the American Cornhole League pros are and, and what they bring every single day. It's, it's really a testament to them and showcase that on social so we, we, could, we could talk about it more. Hey, Marlon, how has your job changed since you first started making phone calls? Uh, and talking about the American Cornhole League to now when you make those calls. Like like when you called the Today Show three, four years ago, I'm not sure how that phone call went. When you call the Today Show, you call a celebrity, you call you know a, a country music uh, singer's PR person. How much different are those conversations now than they were just three or four years ago? I, I mean, so much more. I, I mean, I just got off the phone when we came... We came to do this today. Um, I got off the phone with a one agent earlier today, and then one literally right before here about 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 playing in in, in one of our Super Bowl events. And I don't want to mention the name, but pretty powerful name. And it's really cool to see. I had three agents after our World Championships actually call me and apologize for blowing me off earlier in the year because I'm like I'm telling you, it's the best opportunity. A, for your talent, right? When we go through this process, it's not just any random celebrity. There's, there's multiple things I look for. I look for passion. I look for enthusiasm. I look for people that don't take themselves too seriously and, and people that genuinely love the game of cornhole. And it's funny because they're like, oh, yeah, I love cornhole. And then they get out there and then they're like, oh, shit, the lights are on. And uh, I've never played this distance. So now, now, now it's getting really serious. But um. It's exciting to hear agents and, and, and even celebrities themselves, one, talk about their experience that they've had with us, right? A couple of my friends ran into the situation a couple of weeks ago down here in Florida. He was at the, the Boca Resort on a, on, a, on a mini moon with his wife and his child because his wife's expecting. And uh, my buddies went over and they were like, hey, you know, um, my, my friend Marlon worked with you on Cornhole. I said, oh, I had the best time. I love Cornhole. Those guys were great. The experience was amazing. That is so cool to hear. Somebody, like, the experience just resonates with them, right? And I truly believe that we put on a first-class experience for all these guys, right? They, any celebrity that arrives, when they step foot and they see the, they, they just see the floor, and then they, they see the, the, the crowds. And then they see 200 sets of cornhole boards and hear the thumping of bags. You can only get excited about that. There's no one that's going to be like, where am I? Like, and Brett Young, Jay Cutler, Deep Vampati, a couple, like they've, they've all expressed their love. Um, for Zach Miller has texted me about getting more boards, how much he loves cornhole. Um, it, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's amazing to see. I think people are going to be blown away by Super Bowl this coming year because we're going to have some really, I know I'm setting the bar really high now, but I really believe in what we're doing. And um, I think we're going to have some really impressive names take part. 
um, next next year. And, and real quick, just just for those of you who are watching the show who maybe don't understand what Super Hole is or how it started, Marlon, if we can just rewind just real quick because Super Hole, um, as far as I mean, I've only been this is my third year now with the league, but Super Hole started back uh what was it two years ago now down in fort lauderdale it's Sam basically versus uh, daniel jones battle of new york at the time yeah um, and, and it basically it's it's it, it was just one it started out anyway as one single event that was the same weekend as the super bowl just because it's kind of a natural fit tailgating cornhole super bowl weekend um now many times it has not been on site just because of the enormous logistics costs and everything behind the scenes but it's always been nearby and we'll be, I think, in Glendale or, or maybe not Glendale, but nearby Arizona, nearby the Super Bowl this year. But um, so it just was kind of a symbiotic, just kind of a natural, organic, um, you know, mixture of the of the two worlds. And now all of a sudden, it's grown into this huge event. Now it's a super uh, whole series. But uh, you know, if you can just kind of give us your thoughts on on you know how this started and and how it's become so big. Well, anybody can play and anybody can win, right? So it, it, it works when we say that as our tagline for pros, but also for, for anybody, right? Any celebrity, whether you're a musician, you're an athlete, you're an entertainer, a comedian, whatever it may be, like you've played Cornell and you've definitely had fun playing, right? And um, so, yeah, it started that with, with Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, and, and they, they Sam Darnold really got into it that day. And he was referencing how much fun he has. His dad, I think texted him beforehand be like you better win this and um so once that happened you know we were talking and we're like we really like this concept and the next year uh it evolved to four celebrities right so we we had um mac jones Devante smith um we had rashad jennings and doug flutie and really cool mixture of personalities again playing and you got to see like, wow, you have a couple really high, because they weren't drafted yet, probable high draft picks in the NFL that are just, that are playing Cornell. They, they went to a, a school that's notorious for Cornell, right? And then, you know, you add in this mixture, like, we're really onto something. So then it, it just kept on evolving. And I think, um, you know, we worked out some of the kinks earlier this year, right? Like, each event has got better and better. I think we really hit our peak at, at during Chicago. And I watched that broadcast recently. And Jeff, I hear you and Trey reference, like just, it felt different, right? It suddenly felt really special. Like we just had a really unique mixture of people. And then you see Cutler and Brett Young going back and forth a little bit and Cutler hits that shot. Then it's like, wow, shit, there's some really exciting things happening here. Um, and that's not to say that other events were upstanding as well. I remember the crowd going nuts for the situation in Atlantic City, right? So it's really, um, it's just evolved. So from my end, I've seen agents get more excited and managers to talk about, hey, what do we have going on and how can my, my personalities get involved? But what about from your end? Like, what's it been like to see the evolution to, to where we are today? Bernie, you, you as well. I mean, you're, here you are with Flavor Flav at our World Championships. That's got to be pretty cool. I, I, I did. I, my 16-year-old self was kind of enjoying that moment. But I have a question for you, Marlon, and this is kind of a little tack off of what we're doing. But Jeff is very good at this, and you are supremely good at this. I am not good at this. Your personality just always seems upbeat and happy. How do you do that? 
Because life is not always upbeat and happy, but you are literally the most positive and energy-filled person I know. How do you do that? I'm, I'm just curious because I'm, I'm not that guy. I mean, I, I wish I could be that guy. Like, how do you do that? So that is I, such I, a great I, that is such a great question. Let me just chime in real quick too, because Bernie, along along those lines, what people don't realize, Marlon's child right now is going through COVID. I think it's your five month old. So to your, yes. to your to your point, Bernie, yes, but Marlon always maintains this just awesome attitude. And yes, how do you do it? Thank you. I you know I love what I do every single day. When I was younger, um, my parents said, you know. We don't care where you go to college, just, you know, do what you love. And I always wanted to work in sports. Um, I grew up on Long Island, a huge New York Islanders fan. Um, my dad had hurt his knee and used to go for, for his physical therapy every Saturday morning where all the New York Islanders used to rehab. And I, I used to bring my Game Boy with me. And um, I they, they'd be getting, you know, rehabbing and stretching. And, and they talked to me. And I'm like, this is so cool. I want to be around athletes. I love, I love this. And um, I, I decided, I was like, I want to be a sports broadcaster. Right? I want to be, I want to be Jeff and Jeff, you know, this, like what, what we do, it's hard every single day. There's so much research that goes into things. It's not as simple as like, Hey, let me put on the headset and broadcast to you. Like, right. It's, there's so much that goes into it. And, and at that stage, I, I chose Quinnipiac because it was between New York and Boston. And I like, I dreamed about being on sports center, right? Like everyone else. And then I didn't want to, I didn't want to shoot, edit, and write my own stuff and live in a really small town somewhere and have to move around. And at that time, I didn't even know what PR was. But um, And there's a reason why I'm going off on a little tangent here, because um, I want to every day follow my dreams and love what I do. And I feel very blessed that we have that opportunity. There's a lot of people that hate what they do. They hate waking up in the morning. They look forward to Fridays. They can't wait because it's the weekend. Sundays, they get that terrible feeling in their stomach like they didn't study for a test in school and they don't want to go to work and I don't want to live my life like that. Like I truly believe how cool is this? I'm talking to you guys about cornhole. We put together super hole events where celebrities pair up with ACL pros to play cornhole on ESPN. To me, that is the coolest shit. And like, I love it. I'm very passionate about it. And then I see the way this, this, this sport has evolved. And Jeff, to answer your question earlier, for more and more people in media to, 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 to appreciate my phone calls now and want to hear from me more and more like, that stuff gets me so excited. I have dreams about getting on Fallon and Kimmel and, and getting our pros everywhere. Like that is a goal of mine, right? Um, but I wake up every single day and I love what I do. And it's because my parents said to me, like, you'll pick what you want to do. And and again, I didn't know what PR was. And I went out to um, the Major League Baseball winter meetings. Um, this was in 2004. And um, I, I had um, a resume packet that I had made up in my, I think 75 resume packets in my suitcase. It was like a letter, an article I wrote for the school newspaper, five recommendation letters, my resume, my cover letter, business cards I had written up that, that said, like, follow your passion on it and two suits and gym clothes. And I sat in the winter meetings for five days, sat in the lobby networking. And I met some guy from Mizuno and I met a reporter from Newsday. And I'm like, wow, there's so many different ways to work in the sports industry. It doesn't have to be working for a sports team, so to speak. There's so many other things I could do because if I work for a sports team, I say it's the, the New York Mets. I'm a huge Mets fan. I'm just updating the stats every single day. And I want to do something different. I want to take control of stuff. And, and, and I just literally, I wake up every day and what you see is what you get. Like, I love what I do. I know I'm like, I'm repeating it and I'm getting fired up because I really care. Like, I, I love what we're doing every day. I was going to say, Bernie, does that, 
Does, does that answer your question? It does not. It, it almost seemed like the best politician answer ever. Oh, because it, se- it seemed like you were answering the question, but I you literally the didn't even answer come close. I've, I've ever heard. It didn't even come close to the question I asked. Like, but how do you do it? Like, I understand that you're passionate about work, but that's not literally. I mean, where does this positivity come from? Because it oozes off of you, and I and I understand that you you're passionate about work and you love what you do. But a lot of people love what they do, but they find it hard to be passionate and excited about life every day. And I was just curious because, look, some of our players battle this. I mean, I battle through it. I love what I do work-wise, but there are times I can be a very negative person. I think everyone knows that about me. How do you find it within yourself to be just so supremely positive and happy? Well, I guess what other shots you have, right? We all get the same 24 hours in a day. Um, I have three kids under five. I want them every single day to be happy. I want to teach them. I want them to, I want my energy to, to rub off on them and they, they feel the excitement about everything, right? Like I have to make, um, you know, blippy fun for them all the time. I have to create some funny dances in my kitchen. I have to make lunches fun. I have to put smiley faces with pancakes because I, I do it. Because that's just that's just what's inside me, right? Like you have two ways of living, and I choose to take the positive route every single day, even when, even when I have rough days for sure. You know, um, you know, my my little one has has COVID. Uh, we all had COVID uh, last week, so we were all getting over it, and it was hard. Like except for my my four and a half year old had a show at school, and we're wearing masks around the house and doing everything we can to protect her, but like. I want her to make her show. I want her to be happy. I want her to see that 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 I don't want you to see us at home and, and feel like we're miserable at home, right? So I guess you could say my my kids motivate me every day, but I also think it's it's the world that we're in right now. Like there's a lot of people that are down, and you know if you put a positive spin on, you could have fun with anything. So that's just that's just how I try to be. I hope that was a less political answer for you, Bernie. That was. Are you that, happy that, now, that, Bernie? That, I, I did like that you that you broached the subject there. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Marlon, we're going to run out of time as always. Real Sorry. quick, uh, we got like the two three minutes left. Since we're talking about family, tell us a story real quick about proposing to your wife and uh, the whole campaign you put together to to get her to say yes. Was it really on national TV on the Today Show? Yeah, it was on the Today Show. So back in the day, the Today Show, the Orange Room. I don't know if you remember this. Um, they had created a, a cool orange room. I knew uh, I was good friends with a, with a, a, an anchor that used to be on the show. And because I worked with Under Armour at the time, um, I was introduced to a producer there. And the producer said, all right, well, I told her my, I'm like, I know this is a long shot. Watch the Today Show every morning. Like, I want to do something different. I want to own a moment in time that nobody else can ever take away from me. And um, so she said, all right, why don't we create a segment where you'll be a We'll do a fitness segment and you'll be one of the male models. And because you work with Under Armour, you'll just wear all Under Armour stuff. I was like, oh, that sounds good. So she crafted up a note um, and, and she crafted up an email for me to share with my girlfriend at the time just where she said, hey, you know, we, we are going to make you a, a model for the show. And by the way, why don't you bring your girlfriend and we'll make you guys the fans of the day. And we'll even let your girlfriend have her hair and makeup done. So, um, Awesome. My uh, my girlfriend was like, what is this? Like, where are we going to the Today Show? And she always wants to work in, in entertainment. Um, so NBC arranged for a car to pick us up from my apartment. Little did she know that my parents 
and my in-laws were up from Florida, as well were my brother and sister-in-law. And the second the car picked us up, another car came in front of my apartment and picked up everyone else and put us in separate green rooms at NBC. And um, we get out there and they say, all right, here's your script for the, um, so she's like, we're not gonna do the fitness segment anymore. Like we are gonna do the fitness segment, but first you guys are gonna be the fans of the day. So here's your script. And my wife's like reading this, she's like, how come he has one line? And because my wife had to say something about daylight saving time. And um, I said, but first, and then I went into my proposal, the, uh, the ring was in my back pocket. I forgot to bring it out the first time. So I went down on a knee twice um, before I brought it out. But it was, it was a really cool moment. It's actually helped me in my career, um, you know, humanize me a little bit with, with different people when I, when I share that with them. And I have some other stories, too. I don't want to take up too much time because Stacey says I talk a lot, which I clearly do. But that's my job, right? <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll for sure have to have you on again because we've got 10 seconds left, so we got to go. Hey, Marlon, thank you so much. I'm glad we finally were able to make this happen. You do an incredible job. Congratulations on all of the success and your hard work behind the scenes, and I cannot wait to uh, broadcast the Super Bowl Series again this year. Thank you, bud. Uh, thank you guys so much. See you later, buddy. Hi, Marlon. All right, man, I hate to cut him off. Yeah. Every week, seriously, every yeah. week, I feel like such an asshole. So I got to cut everybody off. So fast. All right, bud, we got to go. Have a, have a great week. I'll talk to you guys later. All right, buddy. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Bye.